This is a reminder, you are listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show and interact with Mon and myself for the breakfast show, then simply go to faithfm.com.au and press play or use the TuneIn radio app. Welcome back to Faith FM. Now, we have still not had a caller in for our prize for the What City Am I quiz. We have not. No, we have not. So I think it's time we give you guys another clue. So I'll just recap of some of the clues we've already had. Now, Jude says that the people of this city serve as an example to those who suffer the punishment of eternal life. Now, that's a big clue. And the new clue for you is the Lord rained down burning sulfur on this city. Ooh. So, Mackenzie, you've already guessed it, but as we said, nobody has called or texted in, so the prize is still up for grabs. And I don't want to make the same mistake as Emerson and Lawson the other day where you just, they just blurted the answer out on radio. <laughs> oh. Shame, shame. But if you know what the answer is, feel free to give us a call at 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843, or you can text us at 0491-064-669, and you can get your hands on Patriarch's The Breakfast Show, bits you may have missed. Yep. All right, so what about coming up today? We've been talking about metaphors for the church, mm-hmm. um, and so we started off with the church as a nation. We then talked about the church as a house. Yeah, building. Then we talked about the church as a temple, and uh-huh. we have another one coming up today, Mon, so I wonder if Ooh. you can look in, look, turn for us to First Corinthians chapter 12 and start reading for us in verse 12. So First Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. And while we're just looking up those verses, just a quick reminder that there is a YouTube up on our YouTube channel. So if you are a subscriber, you need to go there right now. It has the instructions on how you can collect your prize. So Indeed. you need to go there and uh, watch that YouTube channel, YouTube video, and uh, we will get your prize out to you. Uh, we'll be in contact with you today. So where were we going? First Corinthians 12, verse 12. 12. And verse 12. And we also should mention mm. that mm. we have a holiday here at Ginderbine, two of them. Yes, to give away. Uh, drawing those tomorrow. So we're starting to run short on time right now. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, so do get on the phone, 1-800-324-843. And give us a call right now because this is this will be your, your the most amazing holiday ever. Two, two nights accommodation uh, for a couple, uh, Summer Pass, Right here in Jindabyne, right or where we family. are right now, in, yeah, or a family, mm-hmm. and uh, and of course that uh, um, is uh, yeah, just spectacular place, yeah. and that's in the chalets. Well, I, we do a two-hour show here every morning. I feel like we need to do a three-hour show just so we can have an extra hour to talk about all the stuff we give away. We have so many giveaways happening right now. We've got our YouTube giveaway. We have this Alpine Holiday Lodge giveaway. We have our, our pr- uh, quiz prize giveaway. We have our end of the show giveaway. There's so many giveaways happening. We really need extra time. And and, and, and it's because we like the blessing, because more blessed to give than receive. So we get the blessing Amen. than you guys do. <laughs> Does that mean That's you have selfish scheme. motives, Lyle? Yes, definitely. <laughs> definitely selfish motives. Okay, though. okay. Let me read this verse out. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. How many parts are there in the human body, Mon? Oh, dude, I can't even count them all. I mean, you can be like, like just general fingers. Yeah, but then, but like. You can't just say fingers because your fingers are your fingernails and your cuticles and your, your your knuckles and your bones and your blood vessels in there. Like, it, it, depending on how far deep you want to go, you could be here all day. If you want to count up every single cell and every single family of cells and every like everything. Well, remember when we were while. talking about uh, a few weeks back, we had uh, 
um, Dr. Stephen Taylor from the University of uh, Liverpool was on the show talking about the uh, synthase motor. Mm-hmm. And I th- what did he say? We have uh, 200 trillion of them in our body? Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's just a little electric motor. Yeah. I mean, you can't uh, even just say... To, that's used to charge up, um, charge little batteries within our cells. I mean, even just saying that your head is one body part. Well, on your head, you've got your hair, your eyebrows, your eyes, your nose, your lips, your ears. And even just saying something like eyebrows, well, your eyebrows are made up of hairs. And, like, you, just, you can keep cutting it finer and finer and finer and there's still more to find. And how many hairs are there on your head, Mon? Do you know what? I really... I, I have no idea, but I really don't think we've even discovered everything there is to discover about the human body not even close yeah particularly particularly the head and particularly the brain Uh um i think that is probably the one organ of the human body that is the least understood yeah absolutely. everybody that i talk to that's into you know research they always tell me that we know less about the brain than any other organ of the body Uh uh i feel like it's one of those fascinating stuff one of those uh, organs the more we learn about it the more we realize (laughs) How much we don't know about it at all. <laughs> okay, so when the when the Bible describes um, the Church of God as being like a body with many parts, maybe it's like the kids' version, like heads, shoulders, knees, and toes. <laughs> it's just a simple, basic body part. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm thinking not. I think the the metaphor is actually accurate. Okay. Because I'm looking at across, you know, Christianity mm-hmm. around the world, mm-hmm. and I'm asking myself the question: What have we got? Uh, 2.1 billion Christians in the yes, world. That's, that's a fair right. few, and there are within, you know, every single one of those is an individual. Every individual is different from every other individual, mm-hmm. and every individual has a unique role to play within God's church. That's right. And so the Christian church, I guess, in many ways, is quite simple. At 2.1 billion mm-hmm. compared to the human body, which has 200 trillion synthase motors in it. And that's just talking about one thing. So this is actually a really great metaphor. It's a fantastic metaphor. Bible knew what we were talking about before we knew what we were talking about. I think, the, I think that uh, Paul may have underestimated just how accurate his words were when mm-hmm. they were inspired by the Holy Spirit to right. write this down. Okay, so let's go back to uh, what we were talking, what we were reading here. Where were we? we were in First uh, Corinthians chapter... 12 and verse 12, mm-hmm. what did we read? The body, as the body is one and has many members, all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. That's the KJV version, just to twist your tongue for you this morning. And, Thanks, Lyle. Uh, Appreciate it. Yeah, get you woken up. Um, but the Bible describes that, you know, all of these parts of the body, all of these parts of the body they all function together as one. Mm-hmm. And that's the key thing. Because when you look at, okay, so we've got 200,000 synthase motors operating in our body right now, charging, you know, uh, three little electric batteries, you know, every revolution, and they're doing about 9,000 RPM. Uh, and, and that's just one tiny part of a cell. Mm. And yet, if they break down, things go haywire, don't they? That's right. We need all... All of those parts of the body for it to work and to be effective. You can't get away with like, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to switch all the synthase motors off today. <laughs> yeah, I, you, I wouldn't let's, even let's know shut, what muscle to flex let's, that happens. Let's, let's shut those things down for the day. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And you know, you can, you can. Uh, what, what do we have? Uh, he was talking about the size of them um, compared to the Namiki motor, which is produced in Japan today, which is about half a millimeter across. And you could put 200,000 of those um, synthase motors beside the Namiki motor and there would still be room. It's crazy, isn't it? 
you know, and, 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 and such a vital, a vital piece of equipment in our body. You can't shut that thing down, else we are just going to collapse and die and be a blubbering mess on the floor and then mm-hmm, dead in mm-hmm. no time. Uh, and, and it's the same with Christianity, you know. We, we could look out on Christianity and say, you know, there's some parts of Christianity, I don't like this part or that part or the other part, let's shut those parts down. It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that we are to be united in one. You know, we might we might look across. Well, you know, that that uh, people group over there. Maybe we'll we'll uh, shut that people group down. But then, you know, um, they are a vital part of the body of Christ. They are just as vital as every other part, and they are required to make the body of Christ function. And without that people group, then there's so many people that you know we just are not reached for Christ. Yeah, we need to be very mindful of that. That we're not just. We're not an island. We're a part of a big group that makes up one body. Yeah. Okay, read us another verse there for us, Mon. Okay, verse 13 says, Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, what verse you and mean? some are free. Verse 13. Really? Really. Okay. Do you want me to keep going? Mm-hmm. But all have been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, your translation is quite different to mine, but it, got, it gets there in the end. No, I mean, we'll have to read what yours says. Because I have the NLT, the New Living Translation, and you have the KJV. Or is it the KJV according to Lyle? You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yeah, KJV according to Lyle for the most part. Um, <clears throat> yes, so when you read those first two lines, my first two lines go like this, and compare this with your first two lines. For by one spirit we are all baptized into one body. What does your first two lines say? Some are Jews, some are Gentiles. Yeah, you started yeah. on that like, yeah. what verse are you in? It gets That's through the, my, but it gets there. It gets to the baptism in the spirit. That's the, right. The, first, it's got to clarify a few other things. <laughs> they say they say exactly the same thing, just in reverse. Oh, okay. Oh, I wonder why they did that. Uh, probably old English versus new English. But, but do, I like my KJV. Yeah, but switching it's the entire probably. structure of the sentence around shouldn't really be like a difference between old English and new English, right? I mean, I understand, yeah, I understand no, taking it is, out... It is, it is back in old English. They used to say stuff backwards. Okay, fine. Whatever. You've done Shakespeare, right? Oh, I hate Shakespeare. <laughs> Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I always wondered, you know, when we were doing Shakespeare, it's like, why are we doing Shakespeare? Yeah, you know, if, you want, if you want to well. learn, if you want to learn, you know, sixteenth, uh, seventeenth uh, century English, then use the KJV. Look, I was never into Shakespeare. Like, I get that he was incredibly talented in the way he wrote, the way he used his words, the way he wrote and put stuff together. But for me, it wasn't enough to be a fan based on just that because I would look at the product as a whole and think, well, this is a sad story that everyone everyone dies in. Why would I want to watch that? Why would I read that or watch it or engage with it in any way? I don't care how prettily it's been written. Everyone dies in the end. I'm not interested. And the simple fact is that if you want to look for quality literature from a literature perspective alone, just looking for Mm -hmm. the highest quality literature that there is from that era, the KJV trumps Shakespeare all day long. I'll take it. And so, if, uh, if uh, so, 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 Mon, when you become a school teacher or you are um, teaching your own kids or whatever, and you want to teach them, you know, 16th century literature, mm-hmm. just teach them the KJV Bible. Okay, that's what I learned when I was a kid. It was, and that's why I kind of still use it today because I yeah. got used to it. You know, and I was, I was just always mortified at the themes that we were learning in in Shakespearean um, writings. But I, I remember, I remember sitting in class and being flabbergasted that we were allowed to study this stuff out with these, you know, murder and, and all this kind of stuff happening in it when, you know, 
the movies we, w- we were, weren't allowed to watch, you know, that were rated G or PG, I was like, I feel like this book should be rated MRR because of the content it has, but it's been excused because of how it's been written. And for me, it was it was just never good enough to excuse it. So, yeah, that's my little two cents there on Shakespeare. Sorry, guys. There you go. Are we sidetracked? Yeah. Well and truly. <laughs> all right. So we were talking about uh, verse 13. One, by, by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. So what's the unifying force right here? Uh, baptism uh, and the spirit. Baptism and the spirit. So the spirit is the thing that unifies us because it is the same Holy Spirit that fills people who come from Australia uh, compared to people who come from Scandinavia, compared to people who come from Argentina, compared to people who come from Samoa, compared to people who come from wherever it is in the world. It's the same Holy Spirit. Okay, but it says we're, ba- we're baptised, right? Mm-hmm. So baptism is obviously quite important. Yes. What have we been so baptised? You've got two different? kinds of baptism that the Bible speaks about. You've got baptism of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. baptism by water. And the, both, the Bible says both are necessary. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus says, unless or except you are baptised by water and the Spirit. Does that mean we've found a loophole? Because you know how we have to treat each other with respect because we're all part of the one body. Mm-hmm. Does that mean if we have a church member or someone who's of a different religion who's been baptized differently to the biblical baptism of immersion, immersion, does that mean they're not really part of the body of Christ and we don't have to be nice to them? This is a really good question and a question that you can't answer and that I can't answer because God is the one who decides who's a part of the body of Christ. And the real key here is baptism by the Holy Spirit. It's baptism by the Holy Spirit that makes you a part of the body of Christ. And we talked about this, I think, yesterday, you know, Mm -hmm. how that God can see who belongs to him. That's right. And we can't see who belongs to God. And so God knows who has been baptized by the Holy Spirit. And you become a part of God's church by baptism of the Holy Spirit. You become part of a local church by baptism by water. There you go. And they're both just as important as each other. You need to be a part of a local church and you need to be part of you know, God's universal church. Yes. Um, God's universal church is where salvation is found. Your local church is where evangelism takes place. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you do, you, without a structure and without organization, you have no possibility of being able to evangelize the world. And both of those are necessary. Both of them are important. Sometimes we, we place more importance on one than on the other, and that should not be the case. It's true. They're both, we, we need both. And we, who are we to judge any other human, really? We're so, we're so yeah, we finite love in our understanding and in our comprehension of... Sit up the back of the church, uh, wheat, tear, wheat, tear, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Personally, I have never done that, Lyle. I just want to mention that now. It's a Lyle thing, apparently. <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's something that happens all too mm-hmm. frequently. And, you know, we need to recognize that, you know, there are tremendous varieties within our church. There are tremendous, you know, cultural differences. There are differences in the way that people worship, with the way people connect to God. You know, even the differences just across this table right here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 th- I think about the differences between the way Shell and I worship. Yep. Shell loves to sing. She lives she for does, music. yeah. You know, I sit there and I'm like, huh. Let's get the singing over so that the worship can start. Yeah. <laughs> and worship for me starts when the Bible is opened. Mm-hmm. And there are other people who sit there and it's like, ah, let's close our Bible so we can start worshiping. Mm-hmm. You know? And uh, of course, we need all aspects to become a balanced Christian, but different people connect to God in different ways. 
the problem is that we all think that our way of connecting to God is the only way. Yes. And when we when we approach uh, God's church that way, when we approach our worship experience that way, as our way being the only way that is going to be uh, acceptable because it works for us. And therefore it must work for everyone. And then we wonder why there is conflict in the church. It's a little bit like the love languages. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you think about the love languages. You've got the five love languages. What are they again? You've got... Uh, touch, gifts, acts of service, quality time, and words of affirmation. That's right. And so if you have... If your love language is words of affirmation, mm-hmm. what you're going to be constantly doing to others is telling them how much you love and care for them. Mm-hmm. And if their love language is, say, uh, acts of kindness or deeds, and it's not words, then your words are having zero effect on them. Yeah. And they're like... Like nothing, mm-hmm. um, and they're not going to respond because um, you're not doing an act of service. But the yeah. reason that you use those those words is because that's what applies to you. That's right. Uh, and, and so we always express love to others in the way that we like love expressed to us. We then, um, and so that that can you know, that if if people in relationships don't understand, that'll completely bring the relationship apart because um, the the uh, the other people just never feel like they're loved at all. And so, um, but it takes it takes a little bit of gentleness on both, like in a couple on both persons' part, because you know the, the words person needs to realise that although they express you know their love through words that their partner hears it through acts of service they need to do some more acts but the person on the other side needs to realise that the person is doing acts of service just so they can communicate whereas when they speak they need to sort of understand that when they're expressing their, their words that they're also trying to communicate their love so you need to, you need to be uh, understanding on both parts not just like Absolutely. I only speak this so you can only communicate to me in my love language you have to understand that they're going to speak to you in a different love language and, and just appreciate be, it when they do yeah, appreciate right. they're putting the effort forward and it's, this, and it's the same with worship mm-hmm. you know um, one person who worships one way you, you know, who really connects with God one way is going to expect everybody to be the same as him. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so, you know, if he sets up, you know, or she sets up a worship service, it's going to be based around what impacts them. And we need to recognize that we're all different. That's right. Um, you know, and, and Christian service and love, you know, that's what those two things together really is what really binds us together uh, within the church. Okay, so we've got all of this diversity, and 1 Corinthians is all about diversity. Oh, just a quick note, if those of you who have no idea what the five love languages are, go look it up. It's a wonderful book by Gary uh, Chapman. He's a counsellor, marriage counsellor. So, yeah, good book. Check it out. Really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. The other one that's really good is the one that's called uh, Love, love and, and Respect. Respect. Who's that one by? Uh, Dr. Emerson Egerich. There you go. Also really good. Two of the best books I've ever written. Talking uh, about read. how the women respond to love and men respond to respect. And so men respect their women and that gets them nowhere. And women love their men, and that gets nowhere. Yeah. And if we actually it's figure out how the how the other person uh, responds, mm-hmm. then it uh, it just goes like wildfire. Yeah, two, two, literally two of the best books I've ever read about relationships. So, and that was even though I'm not in a, in a I'm not married, but it really helped all my relationships with any males in my life. So, like you know, my father, my brother, my boss, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely fantastic. Mine 
Show. My name is Gemma and I'm here with Mackenzie uh, Hello. for this morning. Um, that was Blessed Assurance by one of my favourite artists, Mark Schultz. He does amazing covers of hymns, but he also writes his own music. Oh, wow. So, yeah, definitely go listen to some of his stuff. Amazing. Mark Schultz. Uh, so we had a call up for our quiz this morning, but unfortunately, uh, she was so close, so close. So Debbie, if you if you're listening, we're going to give you the next clue and then give us a call back. But our next clue for the quiz is: This city was destroyed in the same manner as Sodom. 
Ooh, so that's, we have that's to a, get it now. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit of a giveaway. So if you know what it is, give us a call. Mackenzie, you've got the numbers. Give us a call at 1-800-FAITH-FM or 1-800-324-843 and you can get your hands on Patriarchs and Profits or you can text us at 0491-064-669. Uh, we're back to our encounter with God where we are... Uh, um, looking at First Corinthians chapter twelve, let's go to First Corinthians chapter twelve, and uh, we were down to verse fourteen. Mon, can you read for us verse fourteen and fifteen, please? The the verse says, "Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less of a part of the body?" Yes, and if the whole body was an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body was hearing, where would be the smelling? Mm-hmm. Gotta love the KJV. Yeah. The smelling. <laughs> <laughs> love that. I've got some pretty good smelling in front of me right now. I've got a plate of breakfast. <laughs> so that's because it's the breakfast show. Yeah, that's right. Um, okay, so you know when you look at that right there, if, if, if the whole church was made up of Monikers. Oh, Monikers. <laughs> what, would the, what would the church be like? Just Monikers, nothing yeah. else. I feel like it would be a very big party, but nothing would ever get done. <laughs> <laughs> and no one would ever be there because it would all be off traveling. <laughs> or running late. Or like running by the skin of our teeth anyway. <laughs> Everything would happen at the very last second. Okay, but let's have a chat about what would happen if the whole church was a Lyle. No, let's not go there. Yeah, come no, on. No, if no, we, were we don't all need to talk about that. Lyles. <laughs> Maybe I- we, we would be we would be lacking in music. Yeah, <laughs> it'd be a very very quiet congregation. <laughs> <laughs> because Lyle um, can't sing or play music. Yeah, there'd be no flowers. There'd be no nothing artistic or creative. No, there'd be artistic things. Oh, like what? I love industrial art. Oh, here we go. Yes. <laughs> there'd be like motors. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> How could you not? Oh, okay. Okay, let's go back to the <laughs> Don't get me started on the feminization of Christianity. That's a, Oh, don't um, get me started that's on a, that either. There's a whole rant. Oh, the, yeah. no, no, no other religion has that. But I don't think we have does. enough time the to 40, push the rant button the 40, this morning. The 40-60 split, see, it's already it's, it's started. Here we go. It, I'm going to okay. rein you back, rein right, you back. Right, 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 Do you want right. me to read verse 18? Yes. But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. Mm. Absolutely. You know, Paul here is pointing out the obvious, isn't he? Yes. And he's talking about it in the context of the church. You know, some of the things that um, our, our, you know, Christianity is incredibly diverse, and just using our church as an example, you know, and, and this is the big movement that you have in Christianity. Christianity used to be uh, a religion of uh, developed nations. Mm-hmm. Now it's a religion of undeveloped nations. And it's interesting to see how that actually plays out because, you know, Christians who come from developed nations still think that Christianity is theirs. True. Whereas it's actually the religion of undeveloped nations. And so, for instance, in a church like ours, when the whole church gets together, uh, that's what we call a general conference. And we have delegates from you know, all over the world. And, of course, the majority of them come from undeveloped nations. And so you have undeveloped nations making decisions because they hold the majority. And uh, you, then you have the developed nations, you know, sort of reacting like, oh, no, but um, we're the ones who should be making the decisions because we've been making them for the last, you know, 150 years. And sometimes it doesn't go down so well. 
I've seen it happen the, recently, yeah. Y- yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so this is one of these areas in which we really need to focus on unity. We need to recognize that this is God's church, that God is in control of it, and that it is a very diverse church. And because of the diversities that we have, we need to recognize those. We need to embrace those diversities. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just the, the, the simple reality of uh, the environment in which we live. I think it's because also, we can allow those diversities to tear us apart if we want to. Yeah, it's an important reminder that we shouldn't abandon ship from the church because you know if you if your hand decides it no longer wants to be part of the body and it leaves, like the hand will die. It can't survive without the rest of the body. The body needs to stay together. You know, and you think about even the diversities that you have in your congregation, and I think that it's within Christianity that we see the, you know, the greatest success of multiculturalism that you'll find anywhere on mm, the planet. That's right. Um, you know, look around your congregation, or if you're not a churchgoer, then head along to a church, and you're going to see so much diversity there, and yet people all united in their in their in their dedication to Jesus Christ, their total surrender to God, to His will, um, their service to Him, um, and uh, you know this is really what brings uh, the whole world together and brings Christianity together. Yeah, okay, because Christ is the lowest common denominator in any church, and just like it says here uh, in verse twelve, the, the verse that we started with, it is the body of Christ. It's not the body of Monica. It's not the body of Lyle. It's the body of Christ, and because of that, that's how we we achieve that unity through Him. Of course, and of course, Christ is the head of that body, Amen. and. Nutrition enters the body through the head. Amen. Yes. yes. And so our spiritual nutrition comes from Jesus Christ and then flows out to the whole body, to every single part of it to keep it alive. I could just sit I could just sit and wait for all your goodness Hope to feel your presence I could just stay I could just stay right where I am And hope to feel you Hope to feel something
is a free community craft program for kids aged 1 to 5 designed to encourage growth and creativity through Bible stories. Join us each Tuesday during the school term from 9.30 till 11am at the Senior Citizens Hall, 401 Warburton Highway, Wandon North. For more information or to register, go to happyhandsart.com.au forward slash happyhearts or contact Patricia on 0425 854 516. That's 0425 854 516. Happy Hearts. Free fun for kids and the mess stays with us. (laughs) Is forgiveness... 
or the lack of forgiveness eating away at you? A relationship breakdown maybe, long-term hurt, unresolved conflict. You know, it can be dealt with. If you want to break the cycle and start living a more forgiving life, Forgive to Live is a program designed to help us all improve our lives and be more forgiving. Don't let it eat away at you anymore. If you're keen to discover the power of forgiveness, why don't you take that first step and head to forgivetolive.org.au. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
question of the day with Lyle and Mon. Welcome back to Faith FM. We're at a very interesting part of our show. It is our question of the day. And uh, I'm pretty excited about this question, Lyle, because it's all about food. And um, You would be. You yeah, would yeah. Be. And I'm actually, I'm actually quite, uh, um, I don't want to say opinionated, but I'm very vocal about this question because I have heard some absolute ridiculous, Ridiculous answers to this one. <laughs> okay, so the question is coming is, um, what food did Jesus eat while he was on earth? And I, let me tell you, Lyle, like, I love my vegans and I love my vegetarians, but sometimes they take it too far and they want Jesus to have been a vegan and a vegetarian so they can say that we have to follow his example, right? Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. in order to do that, they have to explain a couple of things away. And so I've heard some real corkers, like he ate mock fish that was actually made out of pasta. <laughs> <laughs> it was tofu that he ate, not fish. And like, just this, like, okay, just give it to us. Okay, straight. so really simply, it, yes. it works like this. Mm-hmm. The question of the day goes up on our social media the day before we answer it here online because they all come into us. Mon sorts through them all, picks out which ones are going to go up. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one went up yesterday. And uh, I don't need to answer it because Parkettle already has. Oh, I love Parkettle on, yeah, fa- yeah, yeah, on yeah. Fa- Facebook. Yeah, He's already, He says fruits, grains, nuts, bread, fish, and local produce. That's it. Do you reckon he ate dairy? Of course. Yeah. Like Why wouldn't produce. he? Well, yeah. I mean, hey, the Bible doesn't say, but we would assume so. Mm-hmm. Um, we would assume that he also ate um, other red meat that was uh, clean meat, mm-hmm. like lamb and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And this is this is something else that is significant for our um, you know people who are taking their veganism a little bit too far. Mm-hmm. Is that Jesus ate fish? In his resurrected, glorified form mm, Ooh, after the resurrection. After the resurrection. Not only that, he caught fish, he cooked fish, and, and he, he ate it, and it, to, fed others. it to his disciples mm-hmm. after the resurrection. Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, some people go way, way too far. Now, I'm all for being a vegan. I'm all for being, in fact, I'm more for being on a plant based diet than a vegan uh-huh. because vegan kind of implies a political movement. I don't want to get yeah. political about mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. So you're a plant-based vegetarian. I'm I'm all for being a plant-based vegetarian. I think that's fantastic. I think that that is what we should all all be aiming for. And, of course, all the scientific research backs that up. Uh Uh-huh. And you simply got to just read in Genesis. You know, go go back to Genesis chapter 1. And the original diet that was given to human beings was a plant-based diet. Okay. That was the best one. Nothing has changed. Everybody knows that today. Fifty years ago, people would debate you on it. They no longer do. Um... But if Jesus didn't do it, why should we have to do it? You don't have to. There's no command anywhere in the Bible to be a vegetarian. Oh, really? Absolutely. Now, I've come across churches where they command you, they have a law, you have to be vegetarian. Uh, But there is no command anywhere in the Bible to be a vegetarian. In fact, the Bible describes uh, commanding this as, um, let me see if I can find this in 1 Timothy chapter 4. The Bible talks about some end time errors. And it says, commanding, this is verse 3, commanding to abstain from food, that's what it goes on to say, which God has created to be received. Mm-hmm. So obviously some food, you know, God has not created it to be eaten. Mm-hmm. You know, God has never given human beings permission to eat dead pigs. A long, long time ago, in the time of Noah, yeah. when flesh was first given to humanity as food, that's the very first time that humanity ever received flesh as food, God said, don't eat 
dead pigs, along with you know quite a number of other things that you can find all in Leviticus chapter 11 where it details all the things that God says, don't eat this, don't eat that. It's very simple. Uh, but God never gave permission to de- eat dead pigs. Um, Isaiah chapter 66, the Bible's talking about the second coming, and at the second coming the Bible still describes you know that God has not given permission to people to eat dead pigs. Mm-hmm. That's very, very clear. Maybe we'll maybe let's let's flick over there and read that very, very quickly. Yeah, I do want to say that you know I think the Bible sums up. But health. when God, when, when sorry, go on. I want to I want to finish yeah. this thought. When people command you to abstain from food that God has given you permission to eat, the Bible calls that a very, very dangerous thing to do and something we should not do. Mm-hmm. In fact, labels it as a doctrine of devils. Mm. Oh, really? Mm, that's pretty strong language. Yeah, I mean, I, I do think that uh, the Bible sums up health as in, in, I like to put it in this catchphrase, do the best you can where you are and Absolutely. when you are and with what you have. And the when is a big part of that because when Jesus was alive, eating fish would have been quite healthy. But now, so these days. Yeah, now it's polluted, we have heavy metals, and we have way more options available to us. So we don't yeah. need to be eating fish this to is, get a comprehensive Australia. diet. 20% yeah. of Australians self-identify as vegetarians. You're not going to struggle living yeah, on a vegetarian diet here right. in Australia. It is the easiest place in the world to do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I did want to read this verse because uh, some people do question me over it. The Bible says, For the Lord will come with fire with his chariots, with a whirlwind to render his anger with fury and his rebuke with flames of fire. It goes on, it says, Those that sanctify themselves, so that's the second coming, Those that sanctify themselves and purify themselves in the gardens behind one tree, eating the swine's flesh, and the abomination and the mouse shall be consumed together, says the Lord. So, yeah, the health message that God gave to us in Scripture has never changed. It's never gone away. There are some things God said, don't eat this. There are some things God said, this is the best to do. And here in Australia, it's pretty easy to do the best. Well, thanks, Lyle. Appreciate that. the altar, come to the altar, wear your best clothes, we'll put on a show, just get comfortable, this space is all yours, it's all about you, come to the Saviour, God our Creator, come let us praise Him for maybe an hour, then when we're done, we'll Pack him all up, send him back to his corner Sing about Jesus, sing of his love Sing of the life that he gave up for us But heaven forbid that God would have the nerve to ask you to give up your own What you say, you believe Let him write it on your heart Let him carve it on each part of who you are Cause how can we follow Christ only when it's convenient? How can we worship a God who we don't even know? word 
for a moment or so Take what you like and leave what you don't Tell me how Tell me how What you say you believe Would you write it with your blood? The God we say we love Oh, He's worth it all He is worth it all What you stand How by Kemi Ogendi. That's actually one of my favorite songs ever. It's a beautiful song. It is. It's so like rebuking every time I listen to it. <laughs> but um, she had a concert in at Maitland Church a couple weeks ago now. Um, and she played s- some songs from her album. Mm. And I was like, I'd heard that her album had come out, you know, like earlier in the year or last year or whenever it was. Um, but I only really like properly listened to it just the other week. And I was like, wow. Amazing. Yeah, amazing. she's very, very talented. There's, I, I've fallen in love with every single song on that album. It's amazing. Incredibly talented. Now, we've just had a phone call from Debbie from Tamworth. And congratulations, Debbie. You have won our prize for Woo-hoo! the day. The question of the day, what city am I? The answer is Gamora. And you have won yourself Patriarchs and Prophets. And we will send that out to you. So congratulations, Debbie. Now, Mackenzie, you've got our little freebie. You want to yes. tell me a bit about that? So, um, 
There's a book called Help in in Daily Living, A Practical Guide to Everyday Blessings by Ellen White. Um, and if you want to get your hands on this book, um, you have to be the first caller to call in and you'll get it for free. Um, if you call 1-800-FAITH-FM or 1-800-324-843 or text us at 0491-064-669. Fantastic. So give us a call and that book will be yours. It's been a fantastic morning here doing the breakfast show. Very, very blessed to have this opportunity. So thanks, Mackenzie. It's been heaps of fun. Thanks, Gemma, for having us on. Such an awesome week. Thank you, Shell, for being in the background, doing all the hard work. No worries, and we will be back here on Monday. We don't know who the hosts will be, but something will be happening, so make sure you tune back in and um, continue to pray for the meeting on Tuesday. We've buried dreams, laid them deep into the earth behind us, said our goodbyes. The grave, but everything reminds us. God knows we ache when He asks us to go on. How do we go on?